Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch. I'm AJ, joined as always by my co-host Carson. Uh, Carson, it's Thursday for us. Um, and both of us are fired up. Um, yeah. <laughs> fired up wouldn't even begin no. to describe it, I don't think. No, um, but you're right. we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, and we do have some more non ranty things to yes. go through. We're, we're starting off actually, AJ, with, with quite the positive. Yes, we are starting on a positive note to make up for all the rants and stuff to come later. Um, Michael Lorenzen recently acquired at the trade deadline by the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, went out and threw a no hitter. Um, damn near. I, I think he only gave up four walks, so he was damn near perfect. Um, and to me anyways, I, I like watching this and I'm going, okay, like, the Phillies going out and getting Michael Lorenzen now looks like a genius move. Yeah, and I mean, we, we talked about it at the time. We thought it was a great move and obviously a huge accomplishment for Lorenzen, who has always been, I think, a more underrated guy. Um, so super cool to see him, of all pitchers, be able to do that accomplishment. And um, all I have to say is thank God he was able to get out of Detroit. Yeah, and I think we even talked about when we were talking about the trade deadline and stuff, we talked about that this, the Michael Lorenzen to the to the Phillies was kind of one of our, you know, as crazy as it sounds, kind of one of our underrated, under the radar moves. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think we both kind of said that it was one that was, um, like you said, both of us I think had said it was a pretty underrated move, and uh, hopefully now the the world is seeing why we said that. Yeah, hopefully this draws, this just draws a little more attention to Mike Lorenzen. This draws a little more, you know, makes him a little more of a household name. Um, I mean, you throw a no hitter and you're pretty much a household name, at least to me. Um, yeah, and also interesting, the 14th no hitter uh, in Philly's history, um, which I saw that number and I went, wow, that's a lot of no hitters for one team to have. And it is. Uh, but not quite when you think about, when you look at the top of that list, um, you probably already know this, but would you like to hazard a guess, Carson, as to which team has the most no-hitters in Major League Baseball history? Goodness, this I actually don't know. Um, I'll I think take you do. A, do. Do I? I think you do. I mean, I guess I'll... Uh... I doubt. Okay. I doubt it's my Minnesota Twins. I know that no, much. No, but I'll give you a hint. It's one of the. It's one of the oldest teams in baseball. Um, I'll take a team a that. <laughs> a team that a team that is not that currently does not play in its original city. Oh gosh, um, a team that. Oh, that would give it away. Uh, a team that moved cross country. Oh goodness, I don't know. Texas Rangers. 
Oh, so close. You're just a few states away. It's the Dodgers. Oh, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. I almost said a team that likes to play in New York, but that really would have... Well, yeah, that would have given it away, probably. Because, I mean, teams that moved across country that used to play in New York, there's two of them. There's the Dodgers and the Giants. Um, yeah, the Dodgers have 26, 2-6 no-hitters in their history, which is pretty ridiculous, but... Um, pretty ridiculous, but also kind of not when you think about how long they've been around and some of the absolute legends who have pitched for the Dodgers over the years. Yeah, my goodness. I mean, you can talk of a, you can do a who's who of pitching royalty just through the halls of through the halls yep. of Dodger Stadium. Yep. Sandy Koufax. I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind. But um, yeah, so many. So the Dodgers have 26. The White Sox have 20 no hitters. Uh, the Red Sox have 18. The Giants, the Reds and the Cubs have 17. Um the Astros have 16, the Guardians, Braves, Phillies, 14. The A's have 13. The Yankees, only 13 no-hitters, which is kind of um, kind of uh, interesting to me, considering how long the Yankees have been around, and again, considering how many legends have pitched for the Yankees. Uh, your Minnesota Twins, Carson, have seven no-hitters in their history. Of course, dating back to their days as the uh, one of the um, iterations of the Washington Senators. Yeah, I kind of figured it might be a lower number, but um, who knows? Maybe maybe we've got somebody who can boost that number up. We'll we'll see. Um, so there are... I'm just trying to just look and see. I think... Let's see. One, two, three... Yeah, all 30 teams currently in MLB have at least one no-hitter, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, of course, some of the newer teams, the Blue, uh, the Rockies, the Rays, only have one. Um, the Padres have one. Um, yeah, 322 no-hitters in MLB history, um, which is not which is a lot and not a lot. And I think really puts into perspective how, uh, how rare it is that we get no hitters and just how, uh, how hard it is for a pitcher to throw a no hitter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a very hard accomplishment and obviously a perfect game is that next level. Right. Yeah. Perfect game is, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly, but I know we talked about when uh, Domingo Harmon, quote unquote, threw his quote unquote perfect game, uh, how rare that was. So, um, yeah, perfect games, obviously even rare, but a no hitter, pretty damn impressive. And uh, and a big shout out to Michael Lorenzen. And I don't know, man, if I'm a Phillies fan, I'm I'm happy with this guy. I'm going, OK, you know, like we got this guy at the deadline and he went out and threw a no, no. I mean, obviously, he's not going to do that every time, but. If he can, if the Phillies can get even close to that kind of performance out of him every time he takes the mound, uh, the Phillies are going to be looking good. Yeah, certainly a, a pretty solid start to to 
your career on your new team, that's for sure. Wait, was this his first start for the Phillies? I mean, it might have been. been, I was going to say it might have been his first or his second, but I think even even in his first, if I remember, if it was his second, I think I'm, I think it was his second because I remember seeing something about his first start being pretty impressive too. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty damn good. Your second start with your new team and you go out and throw a no-no. Yeah. I'd be pretty, I would be one happy Phillies fan. Uh, um, And, you know, so... I mean, obviously, they we talked about how badly they needed help with their pitching, and well, there you go. Um, Phillies fans, extremely happy uh, right now. Orioles fans, Carson, on the other hand, um, not so happy. In fact, well, let's let's. In case you have all been living under a rock and don't know what I'm talking about, um, Kevin Brown, he's a broadcaster uh for the orioles on their tv network um the other day just doing a normal you know doing a normal broadcast normal telecast and was talking about um the orioles struggles at tropicana field against the rays um they've i don't have the numbers right in front of me i should probably should have but in any case the orioles have not done well at tropicana field over the last few years um against the Rays. So Kevin Brown was talking about this as broadcasters do. They had a graphic, the whole nine yards. Um, and the response from the Orioles organization, uh, Carson was to suspend Kevin Brown. Yeah. Um, this is absolutely ass a nine, ass a 10, ass a 11 and ass a 12. Um, <laughs> Uh, Stephen A. Reference. Stephen A. Smith. Nice. Um, but I mean, <laughs> like, do, do the Orioles think now that they're like one of the best teams record-wise in the American League that they get some big britches and everybody is just gonna forget about their past? Like, you guys aren't starring in Men in Black. You don't have the mind <laughs> eraser. Like, whoa, <laughs> Kevin Brown was simply doing what our job is as broadcasters and i say our job because we are technically broadcasters ourselves is you know no matter what team you no matter what team you're broadcasting for no matter what team you root for you state the facts and that is literally all that kevin brown was doing was stating the fact that let's be honest the baltimore orioles have sucked at tropicana field they have been absolutely horrible and that's all that kevin brown was saying that he was doing nothing but stating facts. There was a graphic that came up about their struggles as he was talking about them. And for the, for the team to suspend him from the, from the broadcast because of that is unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, so I did find the numbers. Uh, so the Orioles, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. You've got the best record in the American League right now. Uh, congratulations. You know, here, have a, maybe you should hang a banner. Um, yeah, so this is in a pregame segment. So it wasn't even, this wasn't even during the actual game. This was during the pregame. Uh, and Brown, yeah, they pulled up the graphic and everything. So the Orioles, uh, are 0 and 15. 0, 15 and 1 in their last 16 series 
at Tropicana Field. So they've lost 15 of their last 16 and split one of them um, and haven't up until uh, <laughs> up until ironically enough, the, the game that we're talking about uh, when they won, they beat the Rays five to three. The first game, Car- the first game, Carson, that the Orioles had won at Tropicana Field this entire season. Like, again, these are the facts. This is exactly what Kevin Brown was talking about during the pregame. And, like, the the amount of times that I've heard Twins announcers talk about how much the Twins have sucked um, Mm -hmm. at various fields, they never got suspended. So why do the Orioles think that they're different? No, I mean, I can count on... I can count on... I mean... Part of, yeah, part of being a broadcaster. Okay. So, I mean, you're all about to get a lesson in AJ's theory of broadcasting. There are two kinds of broadcasters. Well, three, technically, but there are two kinds of broadcasters. There are the ones who do what Kevin Brown do- did. They tell the truth. Uh, you know, they, they spit facts about their team, uh, no matter, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, those are the good ones. Then you do have the announcers. I can think of one particularly well-known uh, sports announcer in Boston, who shall remain nameless, <coughs> Jack Edwards, uh, who is a shameless, who are shameless homers, and they sugarcoat, candy coat, whatever you want to call it, everything that their team does, no matter how atrocious their team might be playing or, you know, whatever else. Um, Carson, I'm fairly certain we're in agreement that all broadcasters should be the first kind. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I get having a little bit of homerism now and then, and that's also part of it, right? Yeah, of course you you have to have a little homerism. Now, should you go as far as one Jack Edwards, who is probably the most (laughs) insufferable announcer I've ever heard in my life. Hey, 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 hey. none of that. Look, I'm sorry. I know he's a Boston guy, but that man is insufferable. Oh, yeah, my uh, God. It's never Marshawn's fault. It's never no, anybody else's fault. Yeah. He does uh, take the homerism a little too far. I will I, I will agree to that. He does. Yes. But, again, like, we, you know, there's there's got to be a little bit of an element of a homerism to the job. But at the same time, you also need to speak facts. And yep. when your team sucks, you got to call them out for – the fact that they suck and that's exactly what he was trying to do here and he got punished for it which is absolutely ridiculous yeah because and i don't you know i don't know if the orioles realize this or not i mean like like you were just saying a minute ago you know the orioles haven't exactly been uh the cream of the crop for the last you know however many years um but I don't know if the Orioles realize this or not. Well, they do now because their fans said as much. But Carson, fan, we as fans, we we want our our home announcer, our home team announcers, broadcasters. We want them to be honest with us. We want them to tell us, you know, to to say it how it is, to tell it how it is. We don't want, you know, I'm sorry, Jack Edwards, but we don't want the Jack Edwards. As entertaining as I find that man, um, we don't want broadcasters who are just going to sugarcoat everything, even when our team sucks. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there there are times where having a homerism is good. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, after a big playoff loss, like, all I want is, you know, I don't necessarily want the facts at that point. Um, yeah. You know, I, I need to be comforted a little bit. And trust me, I'm a Minnesota sports fan, so I needed <laughs> to be comforted a lot in my life. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's frustrating because that shouldn't be he shouldn't be suspended for literally doing his, his job. job yeah yeah it's outrageous um orioles fans were not shy about letting the team know uh letting the you know the, the front office know how they felt about it um they were chanting at the game and they there's obviously been uh outrage and outpouring of support for kevin brown on social media both from Orioles fans, from other broadcasters, um, other other sports personalities. Um, and oddly enough, uh, Carson, this is not, believe it or not, I mean, this is, this is just, this boggles the mind. This is not the first time uh, the Orioles have done shitty things to one of their broadcasters. Um, I do any of you old enough to remember 1996 will remember that the Orioles unceremoniously fired broadcasting legend John Miller uh, back in 96. So the Orioles have, have done this before. Yeah, which, um, you know, I'm might, I don't know if make myself seem young is a proper word phrase, but um, yeah, I, I do not remember this as well as maybe some in our audience, but the but you know is, who John Miller is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard some of John Miller's stuff. He's great. Yeah. Um, and I just it just blows my blows my mind that it's not only happened once but twice in the same franchise. Yeah. Um I mean I guess at least if there's a silver lining for Kevin Brown, the Orioles didn't just try to fire him. Uh like they did John Miller. Um Yeah, I mean I don't I don't I don't even really know what else to say about this. This is just it's it's outrageous. It's it's wrong on every level. Um yeah, I I just I just don't even know. I I mean, I'll be honest with you guys and I and I was saying this to Carson before we came on that when I first heard that Kevin Brown Orioles broadcaster had been suspended, I went, "Oh god, no. Like what did he do? You know, what boneheaded thing did he say on the air?" And I watched the video, not once, not twice, not three times. I must have watched that damn video about ten times. Okay, what am I missing here? Because I'm just, you know, he's talking about the Orioles. He's talking about their struggles at Tropicana. Uh, they bring up the graphic. And I'm going, well, what? I don't I don't see what. Am I missing something? No. They actually did suspend him for, you know. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Um... The Orioles have come out since and said that uh, Kevin Brown will return soon, whatever the hell that means. Um, and I don't know, man, if I'm Kevin Brown <laughs> and I obviously I don't know what his contract status is like or anything. But if I'm Kevin Brown, I'm I'm going to do one of two things after this mess. I'm either going to leverage this into a massive contract extension or I'm going to tell the Orioles to go peddle their papers. Yeah, it's certainly 
it's certainly an interesting dilemma that Kevin Brown now has on his hands. But um, at the end of the day, for for Kevin Brown, I'm sure the only thing that he wants to do is just come back to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's all he does is wants to get back in the booth. He's probably not thinking about his, uh, you know, his contract status or anything. But you know, even even once they do bring him back, I just and again. We don't know the inner workings. This is just reckless speculation, uh, our usual here on the eighth inning stretch. But you know, I don't, I don't see even if even if they bring him back and apologize, and you know what, which no apology could be enough uh, from the Orioles. I just, I don't see how, I don't see how he can. I don't see how you could stay working for an organization uh, that is just going to suspend you with the drop of the hat for nothing, basically. Yeah, it is. It's it's truly kind of bizarre, ridiculous, whatever term you want to use. It's just, oh, it's gross. It is. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a. And even even beyond that, I mean, even just beyond how wrong it is what they did to Kevin Brown, this is I mean, they've they've suspended a and I don't I'm not sure how uh, some of you are probably more familiar with Kevin Brown's work uh, than I am, you know, not being an Orioles fan and not really following them. Um, But from what I've seen from his, you know, his sort of highlights, he's damn good at his job. But not only have they completely unfairly treated a a you know a good broadcaster Carson the Orioles have now successfully pissed off their entire fan base yeah which is not what you want to do after the uh-uh. that same fan base has been through a lot of years of sucking as Kevin Brown so eloquently pointed out to us in his pregame speech yeah yeah exactly the Orioles have the Orioles this you know this is the first year, this is the first time in a very long time the Orioles have been this good or have been good at all. Um, and yeah, those fans have stuck with you. Um, you know, Orioles fans are known for being loyal, even in the, you know, the darkest days of when they were just atrocious. I mean, people still showed up at Camden Yards, uh, you know, mostly visiting fans, but um, still. I mean, your fan base is stuck behind you through, you know, years and years and years of just being straight, you know, playing bad. And now you're finally good. You're competitive. You've got the best record of the American League. You're, you know, certainly on your way to the playoffs and, and maybe who, who knows beyond that. And and now you go and do something stupid like this and piss off all your fans. Um that said though Carson my hope is and I and I trust I have faith in Orioles fans to do this my hope is uh as pissed as the Orioles fan base is with the front office for this whole thing uh my hope is that they don't they don't sort of transfer that and take it out on the on the team itself on the players no and I mean that's that's more so a thing of being mad at the front office um and there are certainly other ways uh, to yeah. show how mad you are at the front office. Yeah, 
yeah, so Orioles fans, if you're listening, again, I don't think you're going to do this. I do have faith in all of you. Please don't take this out on your team. Your your team doesn't, you know, your team didn't do anything wrong. Your team still deserves your full support. Um, yeah, find some other way to, and I don't know what that looks like, but find some other way to, you know, express your displeasure with the front office for this boneheaded decision. Um, and hopefully Kevin Brown is back soon, back in the booth where he belongs. And, uh, the other thing that I got thinking about this Carson is, I don't know that we've ever really, I couldn't, I couldn't think of another example where we've seen something like this happen before, but I really, really, really hope, uh, this doesn't become some sort of fucked up, uh, trend. Yeah, nor do I. Um, honestly, I can't really think of anything. You know, obviously, the, the last, I think, big suspension was well-deserved, and it was when um, Tom Hanneman um, uttered that yeah. slur on the Reds yeah. broadcast, uh, which led to the now infamous uh, deep drive to right field by Nick Castellanos meme. Um, yeah. But, yeah, hopefully this doesn't become a trend. Hopefully this isn't something that we see happened to a lot of broadcasters because again he was doing nothing else but his job right i mean i'm all for i mean if you're gonna if if a broadcaster does something stupid on the air you know like a slur or whatever yeah go ahead suspend fire by all means um yeah i just i really hope this doesn't become a trend of teams you know punishing broadcasters for you know doing their jobs and telling the truth even if the <sighs> Even if the front office doesn't like what they're, you know, well, you know, and that's, and just, we're going to wrap this up here in a minute because we're, you know, running long, whatever, but just sort of one last thing about this, you know, we've been talking about, you know, he, Kevin Brown was just doing his job and he was just telling the truth. And, you know, if the, if the Orioles front office isn't happy about, you know, what Kevin Brown is, has, is saying, well, then guess what? dumbasses you're the ones that can do something about that Ugh. yeah it's like just go out and win then yeah not that hard of a problem to fix seriously you're getting your butts kicked every time you go to tropicana field you haven't won and haven't won a game there all year well obviously something needs to change you know you know maybe not anything drastic but God damn, like, go have a conversation with your manager and your coaching staff and your players and try to figure it out. Like, why are we losing every time we go to Tropicana Field this year? Ugh. Anyways, so that's that. Um, not the end of the... <laughs> not the end of the uh, the rant uh, on today's... The rants on today's episode. Um, but it is for now. Uh, so let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the fallout from the big Guardians White Sox brawl. And on a much lighter note, the postseason schedule has been released. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S.
Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Into our middle segment, uh, we got a we got a bit ranty uh, in the first part. Um, fair warning, I'm gonna still be a little ranty about this next thing we're talking about. We're talking about the Guardians and the White Sox. Of course, they had that uh, big brawl, and Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson uh, squared off, and Jose Ramirez knocked uh tim anderson right off his feet anyways you all know all that part well obviously there was going to be fallout and consequences from all this um suspensions handed out so uh both managers terry francona and uh pedro uh Gerfall were suspended one game and fined and obviously jose ramirez and tim anderson were suspended but there's a little problem carson with the suspensions uh jose ramirez suspended three games tim anderson suspended six games yeah. i'm sorry but why was the guy who got knocked on his ass suspended twice as many games as the dude who started the fight yeah that's very interesting um i i, mean, I wonder i wonder if for some reason they decided to suspend anderson more because the tag on ramirez is the whole thing that started the fight but i mean both of them were throwing punches ramirez literally basically knocked out tim anderson yeah. um so i'm i'm definitely a little bit surprised you know obviously both suspensions are very well warranted oh um, yeah 100 percent. but i'm a little surprised that either they didn't get suspended the same amount of games i'm i'm very curious as to see what the what the rationale was behind the fact that Ramirez got suspended for half the games. I mean, this is like, this is like NF, this is like NFL level, uh, mishandling of suspensions. I mean, let's talk about like, I mean, I, yeah. Okay. Sure. You could make I, you, that is a good point about the tag. And I can definitely see how someone could make that argument, but those kind of tags happen all the time. You know, and the dude getting tagged doesn't pop up and suddenly turn into Rocky Balboa, you know, and knock and knock the dude out. Um, I just either. And I'm not necessarily saying that Jose Ramirez should be suspended, should should be suspended more games. Should I'm not saying that Ramirez should get a longer suspension. Um but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's crazy to think that both guys should have been suspended the same amount of time because they were, again, arguably both equally responsible for this thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's pretty surprising to see that Ramirez got only got three games, but then Anderson gets six. And I think, I think six is... Putting aside the, you know, the, the length of the difference in the number of games, six games, I'm sorry, six games, six games just feels like a lot to me for this. Um, you know, nobody, you know, nobody really, nobody got hurt. Well, I mean, except for the only thing that hurt was Tim Anderson's pride, probably. But, um, you know, nobody got hurt. This wasn't some, like, egregious, you know, they had a little scuffle. Um I don't know. I mean, a couple of games apiece and call it good. Like, um, although to be fair, both players are appealing their suspensions, so they'll continue to be able to play while the appeals process plays out. And I hope 
And I, I'm, I, I'm hoping Carson that once the appeals process runs its course, uh, both of these suspensions get knocked down. Yeah, we'll certainly see. I mean, honestly, for, for me, the only thing I would do is potentially knock up Ramirez's suspension, at least to Anderson's, but um, right. I, I don't or know. Knock, or knock Anderson's down to Ramirez's. Yeah. Or <laughs> like, that. I mean, but at the, for, for me, yeah. honestly, like if, if they both ended up getting six games, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, this kind of brawl, especially where punches are actually thrown, thrown. and yeah. connecting, um, yeah. this kind of thing can't happen. That's true. So they, they yeah. have to send a message. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I guess we don't. Uh, and again, to actually see punches thrown. I mean, this was like a, I mean, we talked about this before, but this was to actually see them square up and throw punches. Like this is, this was like a hockey fight. Oh no. Yeah. This was, this was a straight up hockey fight. Like they were in like a, almost like a boxing position. Um, unfortunately, I mean, nobody got rope doped. They were both. Just <laughs> I mean, this could have been, you know, it was the guardians and the white Sox. This could have been the, you know, this could have been a Blackhawks game. Well, I guess Cleveland doesn't have a pro hockey team, so that's not the best example, but, um, I mean, this could have been a, this could have been a Blackhawks game and instead of a white Sox game and nobody would have known the difference. So, um, yeah. So anyways, that's kind of the, you know, fallout, I guess, from, from all that craziness. Okay. On to much more fun and much more lighter topics. Uh, finally, um, the other day, MLB officially unveiling the schedule for the postseason for the, uh, for the, for the playoffs playoffs. Um, so here we go. Uh, the 2023 MLB playoffs will begin, uh, kicks off October 3rd. Uh, with the uh, the first game of the wild card series, um, let's see. I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna read through this whole thing, we'll just give you some of the highlights. Uh, yeah, the playoffs begin on October 3rd, Tuesday, Tuesday, October 3rd. Uh, the world series, um, is scheduled to start on October 27th, uh, at the home of obviously at the home of the pennant winner with the best record even though it should be decided by the all-star game still. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the, the wildcard series starts on the third, uh, the division series, the division series started on October 7th, uh, league championship league championship series begin on October 15th. Uh, and like I said, the World Series kicks off on October 27th. Um, if if a Game 7 is necessary to determine uh, to, in the World Series, it'll be played on November 4th. Jeez, playing baseball in November. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys could pretty much all, but this is... Uh, and obviously the World Series will be on Fox. But Carson, the really the really important thing that jumped out to me about this uh, is one, all the games. So as usual, the games will be broadcast on TBS, Fox, FS1. Um, all games telecast on those networks um, will be available to MLB.TV subscribers, which is just plain freaking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. If you need to 
kind of watch the game on the go, you can certainly do that. And um, once again, I am hoping, hoping and praying. I feel like the Bernie Sanders meme. I am once again asking for <laughs> Ernie Johnson to commentate postseason baseball because I miss Ernie doing some baseball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if this is the first time they've done this, but the MLB.TV thing is great. One, like you said, if you need to watch the game on the go or you want to watch the game at work, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, come on. We've all done it. Uh, but I think the other important thing about that is this that's a big step and that's a huge plus for because let's be honest a lot of people don't have cable anymore because we've realized how outrageously expensive it is and we've caught the cord and gone to streaming platforms yeah and but the hard thing is too is that some of us have to keep cable because they don't really have another option in terms right of right streaming, and sometimes the streaming services you know they can they can add up a little bit so they um, do but, yeah but obviously a great great bonus for any mlb.tv subscribers um and again just a nice way to watch the game on the go if you need be or to listen to it at work um and then the wild card series will be uh the wild card series will be on es both wild all the wild card stuff will be on espn uh so you can check it out on the espn app espn radio uh will provide live coverage of all the postseason games which is pretty cool um, Wildcard series will be available on the ESPN rap and ESPN 80 and radio. Um, let's see. Uh, MLB network will exclusively air the entire, uh, oh, this is cool. See, I didn't, I didn't see this before. So speaking of cool stuff, uh, MLB network is going to exclusively air the, the entire, uh, nationally division series and nationally championships series carson in spanish well that's awesome very and, cool yeah obviously one of the biggest demographics in baseball is yeah. the latino population so yeah obviously a really cool move there by mlb and mlb network yeah i mean maybe this is something that they're just trying out uh this time because i don't remember them doing that last year but i mean i'm all for i'm all for all the playoff game, all the entire postseason, uh, being having an exclusive broadcast home in Spanish. A hundred percent, as they, in reality, as they should. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the exact demographics of Major League Baseball players are, uh, but I'm willing to bet Hispanic players make up a. <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet that Hispanic players make up a large portion of Major League Baseball rosters. Yeah, I think um, that's a safe bet. And also, and by extension, uh, Spanish-speaking fans make up a huge part of the MLB fan base. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of that. Uh, of course, the World Series is on Fox, as per usual. Um, I've, I've pretty much scanned through this. I have scanned through this whole thing a bunch of times. And Carson, I don't really have any... I, I don't... I... This is the second year that we've had the wild card series and just looking at this thing. So obviously with the addition of that, you know, extra that first round of, you know, three game series, uh, the world series has been pushed, you know, into November slightly. Um, and I know some fans are probably not happy about that, 
you know, the so-called baseball traditionalists or whatever that think we should go back to the days of two teams making the playoffs and and just playing in the World Series. But I'm actually, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't mind a little November baseball uh, if it means we get the wild card series. Because last year, I don't know how many remember this, but last year, Carson, the wild card series were fan freaking tastic. Yeah, they they truly were, and you know that was all part of the wild card series in general was to make it a little bit more exciting and um, yep. to add a little bit more stakes and not have it be kind of a one and done. So, yeah, um, good stuff. Yeah, so that's pretty much the um, pretty much the the gist of this thing. Uh, of course, you can just go to MLB.com and check out the whole thing. They've got you know all the dates and everything laid out for you. So. Um, good stuff. Uh, exciting that we find, you know, that we have a schedule for the playoffs. Um, and also cars it a little bittersweet because that means we're that much closer to the end of the regular season and that much closer to the playoffs and that much closer to the end of baseball season as whole, but also exciting because that means the playoffs are pretty much right around the corner. Yeah. The most exciting time in, in baseball aside from the trade deadline for yours truly. Um, yes. But, but postseason baseball is always a very exciting time and um, it's going to come up on us faster than we think. Time flies. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the MLB postseason is, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's my favorite postseason uh in sports but carson i think we've talked about it before that we both agree that the stanley cup playoffs is objectively the best postseason in all sports a hundred percent absolutely no doubt about it i'm i'm sorry i know all of you were going what hockey playoffs are better than baseball playoffs yes i know baseball has the history and the heritage but guess what so does hockey um and i don't know what it is um I think, well, here's the thing. I think, I think baseball, I think MLB with, um, with adding the two extra, with adding the extra wild card spot and changing the format from a, a one game wild card to a three game series, I think they're moving in the right direction of, like you said, raising the stakes and, you know, uh, creating more drama and more excitement for the play, you know, leading up to and during the playoffs. But I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know what it is about the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the drama and the intensity of the Stanley Cup playoffs can't be matched. No, absolutely not. And if you think that there is a sport that matches, you're a liar. <laughs> um, I think the only well, yeah, we're getting way off here, but you know what? Whatever. We've got time. Uh, I think the for me, the only the only sports uh yeah, I guess it's technically a postseason. The only other event that I can think of that comes even remotely close to the drama and the intensity uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs is the uh, UEFA Champions League. Oh, I do love me the Champions League. Champions League is right up there, man. It's right up there. I mean, football. Yeah, I called it football. Get over it. Uh, football on the whole is just a... 
God, I can see that I can, I can, I hear, I can, I can feel all of you glaring at your phone devices right now. Go, ah, soccer's boring. No, it's not boring. It's exciting. It's fun. It's intense. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the only one that I can think of that even come close to the, to the Stanley cup. But, um, of course the Stanley cup is the hardest trophy to win in sports. So, um, yeah, so we got a playoff schedule. Jeez, um, it's freaking ridiculous. Here we are. It's August 10th. Um, oh, it goes by too damn fast. Anyways, uh, let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll play some buy or sell. We've got some doozies there for you. Uh, and, uh, of course, the mailbag or must-watch games. And uh, we'll put a bow on this thing. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, into our third and final segment, and that means it's my favorite, time for my favorite part of the show, and that is Buy or Sell um all right let's just dive right into these uh carson buy or sell that the atlanta braves will have a one two finish atop the nl mvp voting i would buy that um i think there's a couple of different you know there's certainly a couple of different candidates from the braves that should be in the conversation um and right now i think they're you know kind of my my one and two contenders so absolutely i'll buy that I mean, we know Ronald Acuna Jr., obviously. Um, who would be the who would be who would be the second one? Who are we looking at when we look at the Braves? Who are we looking at for the for the second? Because uh, I mean, it it's pretty much. Well, I don't want to say it's a deadlock, but it's a damn close to a deadlock that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be the NL MVP. Um, I mean, I think we've got Matt Olson. Matt Olson could be in that conversation. Yeah, I think Matt Olson certainly deserves to be in that conversation. Um, I think that Orlando Arcia potentially could be in that conversation. Yeah. That might be a little bit more of a reach. Michael Harris, I could certainly see being a part of that conversation. Um, Ozzy Albies. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy Albies. There's, there's quite a few man. different contenders on there. This team is ridiculous. Um, God damn. Seriously. Talk about pick your poison with the Braves. Um, as far as one, two, uh, no, I'm going to sell that. I think, um, like I said, I'm 99.99999% sure that uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. wins the NL MVP. Um, as far as a one, two finish, I do think, I think even just looking at the, Looking at the, um, I think looking at the top, say like the top five, Carson, I think we could see two or three Braves in the top five. Yeah, I think that's very, I think that's potentially very possible. Um, I do, however, I don't think it's one, two. Um, yeah, Acuna, yeah, I mean, he's as close to a stone cold lock as you can get for an MVP. 
Um, but I think the top of that voting is going to be very interesting. I think we're going to see uh, Freddie Freeman up there, Mookie Betts, uh, potentially Juan Soto. Um, but my sort of dark horse, I think, as an NL MVP who, well, I don't, I still think Acuna will win. Um, how about some Cody Bellinger NL MVP votes? I could see him getting some votes. Votes, I yeah. I don't foresee it maybe being a lot of votes just with how crowded the field is, but. Yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty wild. Um, and how can we forget the former Minnesota twin, Mr. I'm going to almost hit 400. Uh, Luis Arise has to, has to be up near the top of this thing. Call it bias, call it whatever you want. I love that man. I will put all my votes towards Luis Arise for a National League MVP. I mean, seriously. I mean, we talk about it all the time with MVP. You know, and I know we, you and I sort of differ on this, but um, you look at when you, when I'm, you know, if, when you're voting for an MVP in any, you know, especially in baseball, um, I just kind of always look at it from the point of view. Okay, looking at the Braves, if you take Ronald Acuna Jr. off the Braves, uh, I mean, they would obviously miss him, but the Braves would still be the Braves. Uh, take Luis Arise off that Marlins team, and that Marlins team isn't, I'm sorry, Marlins fans, but take Luis Arise off that team, and the Marlins aren't even, even, aren't even in the conversation for uh, the playoff race. Yeah, I mean, without the the hitting that 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 he possesses, which my yeah, goodness, I, I exactly, I never miss a Luis at rise at bat. I will tell you that much right now. Um, yep. But yeah, certainly should should get some votes. And if I had votes, I would throw them all at him. I don't care that that is physically impossible. I will do it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Braves fans, but if I had an MVP vote, it's going to Luis at rise. Um, all right. So before we get to this next one, a little backstory. Um, the uh, Seth Lugo called out the Dodgers. Um, well, so a little backstory. The Dodgers went on an absolute barrage um, the other day. They scored something like seven runs in an inning or something. Anyways, opposing pitcher Seth Lugo, unsurprisingly, called out the Dodgers uh, accused them of, of, of sign stealing. Um, and Carson, Dave manager, Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, uh, didn't take too kindly to that. So by yourself, Dave Roberts calling Lugo sign stealing accusation, accusation, quote unquote, an excuse. Seth, buddy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm buying this because AJ, <laughs> let's, let's take a quick look at, um, at Seth Lugo's uh, last few games before this incident with the Dodgers. First of yeah. all, he only won one of them against Detroit. Um, got credited in the uh, with the loss in only one, though, so that's, that's good. His team lost all but one, but he only got credited with the loss in one of them. Well, let's let's take a look at his outing against uh, the Colorado Rockies in his last start at the end of July. Uh, he went seven innings, which is which is solid. Three earned or two earned runs on five hits with nine strikeouts. Not a bad, not a bad, not a bad run at all. Mm. 
the game which he got credited with the loss was seven seven innings again, two runs on three hits with eight strikeouts, but two home runs. In the seven to six loss against Philadelphia on July sixteenth, he went five and a third with five earned runs on seven hits with two home runs. So I, I think this is just a case of Seth Lugo has not been pitching very well. Um, mm-hmm. Like Seth, buddy, I, I get that you're trying to heat up this rivalry again, but come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, no, I'm selling this too. Um, and yeah, it, it Dave Roberts, as per usual, uh, I mean, Dave Roberts does have the tendency to put his foot in his mouth um, like last year, guaranteeing that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Uh, but in this case, Dave Roberts is usually pretty spot on. He's a smart guy. He knows baseball. Uh, and Dave Roberts is spot on on this one. Um, yeah, not a good look, Seth. Not at all. Um, all right, a little more background on this next one. Uh, Rays have announced uh, Shane McClanahan left his last game with an injury. Uh, and now the word out of Tampa is that Shane McClanahan will, I mean, there's, we're talking like a 999.999 chance that he's not going to pitch again for the rest of the season, uh, which is obviously not great news for Tampa. Um, so Carson, buy or sell that it's time to hit the panic button in Tampa. Not only is it time to hit the panic button in Tampa, but it's time for me to hit the panic button on my fantasy baseball team. <laughs> um, but yes, this is massive for a Tampa Bay rotation that has already suffered so much injury issues uh, yep. throughout the year. This is just the latest and biggest blow. Um, so they're gonna need they're gonna need some of their pitching help, and um, specifically one Mr. Aaron Savali, uh, mm-hmm. who they acquired at the trade deadline, uh, to figure it out and figure it out quickly because they've got they've got a nice little lead in the wild card standings right now. This is true, mm-hmm. but very quickly you'll you'll blink and that lead will start to unravel. Yeah, just ask the 2011 Red Sox. Um... You know, I initially looked at this when I heard about Shane McClanahan, and I went, oh, man, like, that's it. The Rays are done. They're toast. Stick a fork in them. They're not going anywhere without Shane McClanahan. And then I remembered that they went out at the trade deadline and got Mr. the aforementioned Mr. Savelli, and I thought, you know what? How many times over the how many times over the years have we looked at the Tampa Bay Rays, and how many times have we doubted them? Uh, and how many times have they proven us wrong? Well, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, a lot. Um, therefore, uh, I am selling that I'm selling hitting the panic button in Tampa uh, because of Aaron Savali and because of just the, you know, whatever it is that, whatever it is, whatever, whatever's in the water down there in Tampa, um, the Rays. The Rays always seem to find a way. They always prove they always prove people wrong. Um, and I obviously losing Shane McClanahan for the season. That's that's I'm not don't no angry emails, Rays fans. I'm not saying you're not gonna miss Shane McClanahan because you damn well are. You can't replace Shane McClanahan. But uh, I am I am casting a vote of confidence in you, Tampa. Uh, I think the Rays, I think they're going to be okay, and I still think they're going to be uh, one of the most dangerous teams come October. 
Yeah, fair point. Um, you know, they're, they've certainly gone out and proven us wrong time and time again. So who's to say that this could be any different? Yeah, I mean, and Shane McClanahan is Shane McClanahan, but I mean, let's be honest, Aaron Savelli is no slouch either. So, um, all right. So, boy, these are these are some these are some deep dives on these uh, buy or sells today. Um, anyways, so Mark DeRosa, one of my favorite baseball players and personalities, uh, who I think would make a somebody hire this man as a manager like yesterday um, put out this ranking of most dangerous rotations that he would not want to face uh, in the three game wildcard series. Uh, and the rankings go as thus uh, number five, the Cubs, number four, Padres, three giants, uh, number two, the Phillies and number one, the Brewers. Um, so it goes in buy or sell. D-Rose ranking of these dangerous rotations. Yeah, I'd buy it. Um, you know, those those teams all seem to make sense. Maybe I would reconstruct the order a little bit personally, but it's a mm. it's a solid order nonetheless, so I'd I'd buy that. Yeah, I'm buying this too. I like I think these are five of the most dangerous rotations. Five rotations you you would not want to face in a three game series. Um yeah, but I'm with you about swapping the order. Um, personally, I would put the Giants at the top of that water because of, uh, I mean, mainly because of one Mr. Logan Webb that we've talked about, uh, quite frequently on this baseball program. Yeah, I would put the Giants at least near the top. Um, personally, I would still, I would have the Phillies as my number one, especially with the addition of Mr. Lorenzen. Lorenzen, yeah. Um, the the Giants would probably be my number two. I'd put the Brewers right now at my number three. Um, but those would be at least my, my top three. But overall, the, the teams themselves, I have no problem with. Yeah. Um, I think I would... I'm sorry, San Diego, but I think I'd have to put the Padres last. Um, especially, you know, no Joe Musgrove uh, at this point anyway. So, um, seriously... Why is Mark DeRosa has, why has he not gotten a major league managing job? Did everybody, am I the only one who saw the incredible job he did with Team USA at the World Baseball Classic? Seriously, somebody make it happen. Um, anyways, that's another rant for another time. Um, so, boy, these really are deep dives. Uh, so someone bearing a striking resemblance to myself on the previous episode of this baseball show said that at this time last year, the Seattle Mariners got into a fight with an Angels, flipped a switch, and went on an incredible run that got them all the way to the American League Division Series against the Astros, and that they finished last year as the hottest team in baseball. Well, here we go, friends. Deja vu all over again. Because the Seattle Mariners, they didn't get in a fight with the Angels this time. They did kick the crap out of the Angels uh, and are have the best record in baseball since the All-Star break. Uh, actually, no, I think even further than that. The best record in baseball since July 1st or something crazy like that. Uh, so, Carson, buy or sell that the Seattle Mariners are back on track. Oh, crap. Does this mean you're back on the Mariners bandwagon again? Uh, I never left the Mariners bandwagon, man. They're one of my teams. 
yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'll certainly, I'll certainly buy that they're back on track. Um, I mean, winning and winning seven in a row is certainly a good way to go out and say that. I can't can't argue with those numbers. Yeah, so I was actually just looking. Yeah, seven in a row. Um, I was trying to find the. Oh, come on. Where is it? Sorry, everybody. I'm trying to find the numbers of uh, Seattle Mariners record since. This is another edition of Real Time Research brought to you by Printer Dudes. Yes, correct. Um, or should I say brought to you by Handy Dudes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, God damn, I know I had it somewhere. It was something like, I can't find it now. I should have. Hang on. Let me try it. Let me look one more place. Um, I feel like we should be playing the Jeopardy Think music right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, Mariners extend their season high winning streak to seven games, 10 games above 500 for the first time this season. Uh, have won six series in a row, nine of their last 11 series, an MLB best 24 and 10. That's a 706 winning percentage, in case you're keeping score at home. Uh, since July 1st, hell yeah, they're back on track. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wish that they hadn't done, I wish they hadn't repeated last year and stumbled out of the blocks and then suddenly. Uh, after in July, be like, oh hey, maybe we should start winning games, um, you know. But uh, you know that that is what it is. Yes, I'm selling. I'm yeah, selling. I'm buying the Mariners are back on track. I'm buying them as the hottest team in baseball. And here we go again, Seattle. Buckle up because it looks like it's going to be another fun fall up there in the Pacific Northwest. Um. No, seriously. I mean, 24 and 10 since July 1st. That's insane. Um, and a, a further point I would make, Carson, is I think, you know, to quote my to quote my my old buddy, Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. This is what we thought the Baritors were going to look like, you know, at the beginning of the season. To quote your old buddy as well as mine, Mr. Dennis Green. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They are who we thought they were. No, seriously. I know, and they've dealt with their fair share of injuries, obviously, but this is the Mariners team that, you know, this is the Mariners team and the talent level that made me, at the beginning of the year, repeat my World Series pick from last year. So congrats, Mariners fans. Um, your team finally, you know, knock on wood, uh, finally put everything together. Let's just... Not make a habit of this every year because it stresses us out. Um, all right, that's buy or sell. Let's get into the mailbag. Um, let's dive right into this thing because we've got some uh, awesome mailbag questions as per usual because you guys are awesome. Um, let's start with Noah from California. Uh, oh, this is we're we're just we're we're diving right into this thing. We're we're tackling this thing head on. Uh, Noah wants to know Carson. 
Which player would you rather have on your team for the next decade? Julio Gerard Rodriguez uh, or Fernando Tatis Jr.? Uh, I mean, right now for me, it's a um, it's a pretty easy decision. Um, I'd have Julio Rodriguez for age and age alone. Um, he's two years younger than than Tatis, so um, get a little bit a little bit more of his prime at this point. Um, mm-hmm. He's you know he's a he was last year's rookie of the year already as a yep. two time All Star and a Silver Slugger winner in his career, mm-hmm. and he didn't take a banned substance <laughs> i was waiting for that i was waiting for it um yeah this is a sorry padres fans but this is a no-brainer i'm taking j-rod all day every day and to quote my illustrious co-host twice on sundays he's proven himself already like carson said two-time all-star silver slugger award rookie of the year uh i'm looking at fernando tatis's resume yep nope doesn't have any of that um yeah and also there's not all the other off the field drama BS going on. Jarrod shows up and plays ball. Um, plus, I mean, honest, obviously never having met either of these players, but just from what I've seen and heard, Carson, Julio Rodriguez seems a hell of a lot more likable than Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, 100%. Like, Jarrod's the kind of dude you would want to have a beer with. Uh, Fernando, eh, not so much. Um, Sorry, Noah, if you're a Padres fan. Uh, I'm guessing you are by the fact that you gave us the choice between J-Rod and Tatis. Um, anyways. Uh, all right. Audrey from Nebraska. Um, might be our first ever mailbag question from the state of Nebraska. Could be. Um, anyways, Audrey wants to know, which team do you guys think would make for the best version of an MLB style hard knocks show. I mean, speaking of Fernando Tatis, my answer is the Padres. I think that would be <laughs> phenomenal television with all the personalities they got on that team. And with all this stuff surrounding the locker room attitude towards Tatis. Are you kidding? me? Yeah, actually. Um, I've got to be honest. I didn't think of the, I didn't think of the Padres, but oh yeah, what a, what a, I mean, let's be honest, Hard Knocks tends to feature teams that are train wrecks. Um, you know, they don't highlight the, they don't, they don't feature the teams that kind of just go about their business. I mean, you'll never see the, you'll never see the Patriots on Hard Knocks. Let's just put it that way. Um, well, one, because Coach B would never in a million years let that happen. But two, uh, it would be boring. Um, yeah, the Padres. That's a great pick. Um, oh, man. But taking sort of a – yeah, I mean, if you want if you want hard knocks in the sense of, yeah, a team that's an absolute train wreck and, and a three-ring circus like the San Diego Padres, yeah, absolutely. Um I think I would go, oh man, that's tough. Cause you don't want any of the, like, you know, you don't want any of the sort of, you know, like the older, you know, the Yankees boring, even, I wouldn't even want my Red Sox on there. Boring. Uh, the Dodgers boring. Um, 
if I had to pick, I think Carson, I would actually, I would watch the crap out of an MLB hard knock style show featuring the San Francisco giants. Yeah, that'd be a fun one too. Um, a good amount of talent on that team and Gabe Kapler would definitely be somebody I'd love to see how he manages a, uh, manages a clubhouse. Um, Oh, you actually just gave me an even better idea. And I don't think, yeah, no, he would probably do it. Um, Cleveland guardians, anyone Tito Francona talk about musty TV. Oh, a hundred percent. That's musty TV right there. <laughs> That's it's worth watching just to, just to see Tito. So, um, and also why the hell haven't we gotten a hard knock style MLB show yet? What's up with that? Somebody at MLB network needs to get their act together. Um, all right, Chris from Missouri uh, wants to know, Carson, which teams are most regretting buying at the trade deadline? Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, anyone. Um, yep. Didn't make sense then. Still doesn't really make sense now. Uh, nope. It is, it is a very interesting situation um, over there. I would put the Diamondbacks potentially in that category. Um, well, mm-hmm. still, I have lost eight in a row now, or now below five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would certainly mm-hmm. put them in that category as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, those are both. Um, but I think the team that's okay. We've we've talked ad nauseum about this. The team that is regretting buying the moat, the team that is most regretting being buyers at the deadline, and the team that is also now kicking themselves for not trading a once-in-a-generational talent and getting something in return for him, it's got to be the Angels. Uh, you want to talk about they have just fallen, they have just gone off a cliff since the deadline. Yeah, that. That's a rough one because you're. I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, but man, doesn't doesn't make it doesn't make the pill any less hard to swallow. No, no. And if I'm, uh, we're not. I'm, I'm sorry to pile on you even more, Angels fans. But uh, you know, okay. I mean, I guess they've won two in a row recently, but they've lost seven of their last ten. So basically since the trade deadline uh you just as i mentioned before again i'm sorry i'm not trying to pile on but you just got absolutely shellacked by the mariners including two uh including you know a couple of just like uh you know big time choke jobs um yeah i mean ugh, oh yeah my diamondbacks man Eight in a row, nine of their last ten. Yeesh. And still only two and a half games out of the wild card. Go figure. Um, yeah, I think the biggest, the team that is kicking themselves the most right now are the Angels because they kept, you know, not to, you know, beat a dead horse, but uh, they kept Shohei Otani. They basically, like a week before the deadline, where basically came out and said, nope, sorry, we're not trading Otani. We're going to keep him. Went out and made all these moves at the deadline, and they have absolutely squat show for it. So, um, sorry, Angels fans. Again, 
Um, all right. And last but not least, Hannah from Oregon. Uh, what World Series matchup do you guys think would be the most intriguing? Well, in in saying that, I'm going to pick solely from the um, from the teams that are currently in the wild card or in the playoff picture. Fair. And uh, I'm going to the land of obscurity for this one. I would <laughs> love to see a Miami Marlins versus Baltimore Orioles World Series. Oh my god! And I truly don't know why. I just I just want the chaos that comes from the National League bracket of having the Miami Marlins go there. And the fact that the Orioles have the best record right now in baseball. That would be, that would be maybe the most bizarre. Uh, that would be right up there with bizarre World Series. That would actually, yeah, no, honestly, though, all joking aside, that would be a lot, a lot to watch, uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, you had to be all noble and stick with teams that are actually in the playoffs right now, didn't you? Um, <laughs> you know, I got to be honest. I'm looking at the teams that are currently in playoff spots. And I'm going, I mean, not that any of these would necessarily be bad. Um, damn, most intriguing. Because it's not necessarily like the one you want, the matchup you want to see the most, the one you would think would be the most intriguing. Um, this is, I, I'm Hannah. Your question has tied my brain in knots. Um, You know, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I really, really, really don't want to see. No. Okay. I, I can't choose. I have two. One, and I really don't want to see this because I absolutely do not want to see one of these teams in the World Series for the next 30 years. And that, Carson, would be a rematch of last year's World Series between the Astros and the Phillies. Only, you know, hopefully a different in and a different outcome for the Phillies to see if the Phillies could you know, get the job done. Um, my other one, though, would be the Toronto Blue Jays. No, no. God damn. I, I there, there. See, I'm looking at, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the teams that are currently in the playoffs and I'm going, well, all right, Baltimore. Yeah, cool. Texas. Yeah, that would be cool. And then, you know, Tampa's been there. Houston's been there. Toronto. Well, Toronto was there a long time ago. Uh, National League, Braves, Dodgers. No thanks. Um, Brewers, maybe. You know what? I think I have it. My most intriguing World Series matchup, the one that would make me as... Uh, Poppy on the Dan Levertard show used to say, CC, I'm very intrigued. Carson would be the Miami Marlins and the second team, they're not currently in the playoff picture, would be the Miami Marlins and the Cleveland Guardians a rematch 
of the 1997 World Series. Yeah, that would be a fun one for sure. A lot of big names on both sides of that. So, yeah, that that one would be fun. I mean, to be fair, the Guardians are eight and a half games out of Wildcard Spark. It probably won't get there, but um, boy, that's... It's okay, because they still have a chance to win the division. Yeah, which is insane. Um, all right, that's all for mailbag. Thank you, as always, everyone, for sending in your mailbag questions. Uh, remember, you can send that stuff to us at eighthinningstretch at gmail.com, on Twitter at eighthinningpod, and directly through uh, Spotify. You just click on the um, click on the episode page, and it's, it's right there at the bottom. You can't miss it. All right, let's talk about some must-watch games. Um, let's see, what have we got coming up? Uh, Red Rays, Yankees, Marlins, Cubs, Blue Jays. Hmm. Well, ah, here we go. How about this one for you guys? Uh, we've got the Orioles and the Mariners. Now, we all know that history is repeating itself for the Mariners from last year, but if you all remember, it is the Orioles that the Mariners had to beat towards the end of last season to get into the playoffs so here we are again orioles fighting for the division mariners fighting for a playoff spot uh only this time it's in seattle and let's freaking go yeah i mean a solid series all around there um obviously looking forward to my twins against the philadelphia phillies uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we hear another Phillies pitcher gets a no-hitter in that series because our <laughs> offense is terrible. Um, uh, Cubs and Blue Jays should be a fun one. Uh, yep. Angels and Astros. Angels have a chance to try and get themselves back on track a little bit. Um, mm. But after it's after the historic absence of it during last episode, the Tankathon has returned, ladies and gentlemen. It's a matchup that I think we've seen a couple of times already this year in this tank on, but it is indeed the Washington Nationals in Washington, D.C., hosting Ugh. the Oakland Athletics. Ugh. That is... That is brutal. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, that that might be the tankiest tankathon that we've seen. Um yeah, I guess there's some, yeah, Braves, Mets, Padres, D-backs should be good. Um, but one thing, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned it yet this year, probably at some point, probably multiple times, but Carson, one thing I've noticed, and as we've been doing our must-watch games and tankathons and stuff this year, um, thanks in mostly in part to MLB finally joining the rest of the civilized world and implementing a balanced schedule, we have seen some really cool matchups this year. Yeah, there. I mean, there have definitely been some interesting tankathons uh, this time around that we wouldn't have normally seen. I mean, and when was the last time you know, like Cubs and Blue Jays? What? Like, um, you know, so instead of having to wait three years uh, to see these to see these interleague games, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just just it's cool stuff. Um, all right, those are the must-watch games. That's the mailbag. It's time for one last thing, and I warned you. I did. I warned you all that I might get a little ranty in my one last thing, so here it goes. Uh, Mark McGuire. Yeah, I know. 
recently uh, appeared on the Foul Territory podcast with former White Sox catcher AJ Pruszynski. Oh, by the way, awesome podcast if you guys haven't checked it out yet. Um, and I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but basically, uh, well, let's see if I can find some some quotes here. Um, so they were obviously talking talking about Mark McGuire and the PED thing and the steroid era and Sammy Sosa and all that stuff. Um, and uh, McGuire, essentially what it boils down to, McGuire said that he thought uh, that he and his fellow steroid era knuckleheads, Sosa, Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, all those jackasses um, said that they were basically being treated unfairly and unfairly punished uh, because of what they did. Um, well, to which my response is, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of course you're being punished. Um, and Carson and I were kind of talking about this before we started, before we came on, before we started recording that you know, kind of, you know, sort of, and it's not, it's kind of apples to oranges, but comparing it to Pete Rose and what Pete Rose did, you know, which was obviously, uh, you know, awful. And, and we all know the story of Pete Rose and everything. But to me, what these steroid guys did was way worse. They tarnished the game. Um, admittedly, I have mixed feelings about, uh, the summer of 98, which I've, I know I've talked about it a million times, how it brought back baseball after the strike in 94 and the Cancel World Series, the United got and everything. But the fact is, these guys forever permanently tarnished the game of baseball by making a choice. Nobody forced this stuff into their arms. They made a choice to do this stuff, to gain whatever advantage, to inflate themselves to the size of Mack trucks, and go out there and hit, you know, moonshot home runs and whatever else. Um, they made a choice to do this. So yeah, Mark, every one of every last one of you a-holes deserves all the punishment and all the derision and all the criticism that you're gonna get from now until your last dying breath. You guys, you I wouldn't go as far to say you ruined baseball because baseball's recovered pretty well in light of the steroid era, but you forever tarnished the game of baseball. And like from now until the end of human history, when major league baseball is not a thing anymore, people will always remember the steroid era and they will always remember your name and the names of Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and Rafael Pomero and, Clemens and all you other a-holes. Um, yeah, you deserve to be punished. You deserve to be criticized. And hate to break it to you, but the ultimate punishment for a baseball player, none of you guys are ever getting anywhere near Cooperstown. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, well said. Um, honestly, <laughs> couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, all fair points and all things that I agree with. And, um, idiots. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I really wish that I could, I, I really don't like that. I'm putting p player positivity on a hiatus. I really do. But 
with the way they've been playing as of late, it's time for another Uh-oh. one of Carson's twins tirades. The part of the show where Carson <laughs> goes off on his favorite baseball team because they're stupid and bad at everything. Um, so the the twins, after deciding not to do anything at the trade deadline, kind of went went on a little roll for a while. Um, but then are now, uh, I believe, one and four since the All Star break. Um, with some with those losses coming to the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers, um, only managing two hits, two, two hits in in today's game um, against Reese Olson, a rookie pitcher, um, who uh, let's just to just to go over his last couple of games here with you guys um, before before his game today against the Twins, in which he went six in two hits. Only two hits, only three walks, and eight strikeouts. He pitched five innings in a game against Tampa Bay on August 4th. Gave up five hits, four earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts. The game before that, his last start was against Miami. Six innings pitched, eight hits, four runs, two strikeouts. Can can someone please explain to me why it is that whenever the Minnesota Twins find six and i heard this on my local radio station today and i thought it was a beautiful sentiment whenever the minnesota twins seem to find their way again and have a sizable lead in the division they're like oh no wait take it back take it back take it back we don't we don't want it anymore take it back like they they can't deal with success and you can't beat the tigers you lose two out of three in a series to the tigers getting shut out twice in both of those games like that's that's just unacceptable for a team if you're trying to win the division and make the playoffs and it's this this division isn't even good how is it that we're losing to teams in this division it just it blows my mind cleveland is three and a half games back and they're four games under 500 that should not be how this works it's just it blows my mind that this team continues to sit there and think and go, uh, what, why are we, why are we not more in the lead of this division? And that's the reason why it's just the most frustrating thing in the world. And breathe. (laughs) Uh, yeah. This, yes, I mean, you can't say, everybody, that we didn't warn you. We warned you this episode might be a little ranty, might be a little, you know, a little heated. uh, But, you know, sometimes that happens. And uh, that's partially the reason our logo is a baseball that is on fire. Um, So, you know, there's that. Um, Yeah, I guess that's pretty much a wrap for us. Um, Don't forget, everybody, you can contact us. Uh, many different ways um, via email at eighthinningstretchatgmail.com. Like I said, directly on the Spotify page. Um, you just click on an episode title, open up the episode page, and there's a thing right there at the bottom for you guys to sound off with your questions, comments, all that fun stuff. Um, of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at eighthinningpod. Um, make sure you click the little bell and turn on notifications. Um, and I remembered, so I finally remembered uh you could listen to us directly from twitter there's a 
right at the top of our Twitter page. The thing that says button that says listen now, click on it, opens your Spotify app, takes you directly to the show. Um, and as always, please don't forget to support our awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Uh, they are a one-stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, at printerdudes.etsy.com and save 10% off your order. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. Um, that, my friend, is a wrap on episode 83. Not that we're counting. We are now 16 episodes away from 100, um, which is nuts. Um, and we have a very special treat for all of you on our next episode. Might be a little different, might be a little more lighthearted. Um, we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Uh, her name is Lori Cunningham. You might know her better as L.A. Cunningham, her pen name. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and look her up. She is a extremely talented creator um, who has worked on comic books and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, she admittedly, she herself admits she has a very limited knowledge of baseball, but that's okay uh, because we're just going to have a fun time talking to her about her stuff and, you know, baseball and probably baseball movies. She's a big Field of Dreams fan, so that could be fun. Um, yeah, so make sure you guys don't miss that on our um, on our next episode on Monday. Um, and that's it, man. We are inching ever closer to the big 100. Yeah, certainly an exciting time. Uh, we are Roger Hornsby amounts of episodes away from uh, <laughs> 100. Nice. Oh, yeah, we need to start doing that, don't we? At the end of every episode, we need to be, we are, insert player's name here and their number. Oh, that's um, that's my plan. Yeah. Roger Schornsby, nicely done. Um, yeah, because last time was 17, so it was Otani. Yeah, 16, Roger Schornsby. Oh, I mean, is there any other choice for 15? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yes so next episode we will be yeah well i'm not gonna say it because i don't want to ruin it but you all know who i'm talking about and if you don't you should be ashamed of yourselves when i say number 15 only one person should come to your only one player should come to mind um anyways that is a wrap for us thank you all so much as always for tuning in and for all your continued support uh, we're going to have an absolute blast on Monday's episode with Lori. Um, oh, what the heck? I'll do a little plugging for her. Um, just seriously, just Google her. It's uh, get her. Uh, Ellie Cunningham. Yeah, it's just elliecunningham.com. Um, and you can read all about her. Uh, her cool content there. So she will be with us next time. I'm excited. It's been a little while since we had a guest. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, hope you guys all have an awesome weekend and we'll talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>